0: Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor.
1: And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot.
0: And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial.
1: So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off.
0: Welcome back to part two in the two-part series of 15 things to do after getting your private pilot. On to the next thing, which is number nine, Um, 15 things to do as a private pilot. Now, you can actually do this thing before becoming a private pilot, if you'd like, but I recommend to most people wait until you're already a private pilot before you do this. And that is buying an airplane. Um, personally, I've bought and sold, I don't know, probably thirty or forty airplanes over the past several years, and uh, I currently have a couple airplanes right now, including my prized possession, my Icon A5, of course. And buying an airplane can be a really cool experience, but make sure that you have have professionals that help you do it. Uh, whether it's a broker that you know and trust or or somebody that's just done it a, b- a bunch of times or a few times before to help you get through that. And Carson, I know you've you've never bought an airplane before, but is that something that's on your horizon? Do you want to buy an airplane at some point?
1: Yeah, um, I'd really like that to be my next big purchase. Um, I know airplanes do do cost quite a bit, especially in the market we have going on right now. But there's definitely you know, one person in particular that I would trust to help me out. Uh, his name is Brandon Martini. Great guy. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I definitely do want to get one. Um, I think that being around airplanes enough, I've learned what I'm looking for in an airplane, what I'd like to get. And I'd like it to be a low wing. Um, I don't want a complex airplane. That I'd like something a little bit simpler and something that's just easy for time building because that's kind of one of my priorities right now as I'm working along through instrument and want to get towards commercial too.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I love owning an airplane. There's some positives and some negatives, obviously. Um, positives, I can use it whenever I want. I can just hop, go into the airport, hop in it, and leave. Uh, the negatives are hey, they're expensive to purchase, expensive to insure. And on top of that, sometimes the maintenance can just kill you. Uh, so make sure you keep all those things on the top of your mind whenever you buy an airplane, but it's a really rewarding experience. And if you remember buying your first car, it's very similar to that, that experience being a a young person and buying your first car. um, I would say you get that same feeling as buying an airplane, whether you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, or eighties, it doesn't matter. Buying an airplane is still a really cool feat. So keeping with the theme of buying an airplane on 15 things to do as a private pilot, I want to talk about number 10, which is building an airplane. I know a lot of people who's probably listening to this podcast, they're like, I can never build an airplane. Well, guess what? Yes, you can. Um, It's a pretty cool experience. Um, Carson, have you ever built an airplane? Have you been around any people that have built airplanes, anything like that?
1: Yeah, I've been around people that build airplanes. Um, A lot of people that are members of EAA have some sort of experimental airplane. Yeah, you know, the, the organization isn't reserved only for them, but a lot of people do do have that as a particular hobby that they enjoy, and I don't think I have the patience to do it, um, but I know that it's something that I'm able to do, and I think after going to, going to AirVenture and seeing them build that plane in one week, I, I kind of realized that I do have that ability to, to build an airplane.
0: Yeah, the one week wonder, which you're referring to, is a really cool um, plane that they do every year. I believe it's always an RV or a Sonics. I'm not really sure which one they do, or they might switch off. But um, it is neat that they can do, they can build an airplane and taxi it around in seven days. Now, granted, they've got a lot of people working around the clock on that, but still, it just shows you how it's possible. And they actually let uh, volunteers and people in Oshkosh put a rivet in it. So you could walk up and you can say that you helped build that airplane. Um, I haven't done that yet, but I do know several people uh, that have, and uh, and it's it's quite cool. Um, I tried buying a kit airplane one time. Uh, it's called a Mustang II. I actually still have it. It's in my hangar, um, and I probably will sell it at some point really soon. I just haven't put it on the market. Uh, but building an airplane is really rewarding experience if you have the time. So I think at some point I will likely build my own airplane, but it's probably not going to be until, until I'm closer to retirement age. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to that. Building an airplane is, is a really neat experience and I would love to do it. Um, even that, that, uh, RV six that I said I flew over the weekend, uh, that was a home built airplane. So somebody spent the time and effort to build that airplane and it flew amazing. So I really like that. So we're going to kind of transition from building and buying planes now to number 11 on the 15 things to do as a private pilot, uh, which is get your high performance endorsement. Uh, This is a really neat endorsement. Um, It allows you to fly airplanes with 201 horsepower or more. Um, It's not 200 horsepower or more. It's 201. And a lot of people misconstrued uh, PA-28-200s as a 200 horsepower uh, airplane. Uh, but typically, that's just the model number. And most of those planes have 180 horsepower engine in it. So make sure you're really wary on that. Uh, also, a lot of people think that uh, like a plane like a Duchess, which has 280 horsepower motors, would count as high performance airplane. Granted, it it does fly faster, et cetera, than, uh, than most other airplanes. But 280 horsepower motors just means it's still 180 horsepower airplane. So it's not high performance as well. Um, I know I got my high high performance in a 182, and I actually think I did that in a 182 RG, which is retractable gear in addition. So Carson, uh, have you? Do you have your high performance endorsement, or have you ever flown any high performance airplanes?
1: Yeah, I don't know if you remember, we'd actually flown that Cherokee Six,
0: and oh, yeah. it was the, uh, the 260. I remember that.
1: Yeah, it's it's it was a great plane, and we had gone to go check out the airplane that was tied down outside, and we had the keys and we had our headsets um, in the car with us. And you asked if we wanted to go and uh, take it out. And I was like, sure. And you're like, do you know what's special about this airplane? I was like, not quite, but it's a pretty looking airplane. And that, that's when he started teaching me about high performance. And we had talked for, I want to say about an hour before we'd actually gotten in that airplane. And might have been a little bit more, actually. And you were just telling me about everything that there is about high performance, what to look for, the steps that you need to take in addressing flying in a high performance airplane. And we'd gone up that day in in the Cherokee Six, and we kept going up. We went up, I uh, want to say, four or five more times, and I finally got high performance endorsement out of it. And it was a fun airplane to fly. Taught me a lot about handling stuff with a little bit more power uh, behind it, and as well as what kind of different things we could do. We could take it up a little higher, could fly a little faster, and just taught me the benefits of owning an airplane that's a little more advanced than than the trainer airplanes I was used to.
0: Absolutely. High performance is an awesome endorsement because you get to go faster (laughs) uh, and sometimes higher, different things like that. Uh, So I really love high performance airplanes, uh, but you have to know how to manage it. Uh, Everything's going to happen quite a bit faster. You're going to be moving quicker. So things have to happen quicker. You may have to fly a little wider pattern, not too much. We don't need 737 patterns in a Cherokee uh, 6, 260, but everything might have to be a little bit wider, a little bit longer, things like that, just when you first get started so you can manage the airplane. So um, another one that we're going to go to is is number 12 on the 15 things to do as a private pilot, which is get your tailwheel endorsement. Um, this one's near and dear to me. I love tailwheel airplanes. They're so much fun to fly. Um, Carson, do you have your tailwheel endorsement yet?
1: No, I don't have it yet. Um, I want to get it. We have a, a Cessna 120. I was looking at getting it done in and it's a beautiful airplane, and I got to fly in it, I think, three times. Uh, I flew once with Johnny. I think I flew twice with you. And it's a really fun thing to fly in, uh, just kind of putting around in a different kind of airplane. And you asked me, do you think you could land this? And I was like, absolutely. And you're like, okay. Um, well, how about you just, just sit back and watch this one? And I watched you land on the <laughs> on the front two wheels and then gently lower the lower the tail and i realized there's no way i could do that i i was barely even a student pilot <laughs> and uh, i had only been flying in in you know with a tricycle gear and i realized that that's when it takes a, a little bit different skill set and some focus to to really fly one of those tailwheel tailwheel airplanes and got a new respect for them absolutely absolutely
0: yeah and yeah. even on top of that you've got this thing called a rudder um, which most people Don't really use i mean everyone says they use it but uh but they really don't in a tailwheel if you don't use it you're going to ground loop you are going to uh, not fly that airplane once it's in the air airplane flies the same pretty much all airplanes are just an airplane in the air but landing them and taking off on them are quite different i mean pushing the nose forward when you're taking off and then pulling back is a very interesting experience because you feel like you're just going to hit the propeller on the ground So that's always an interesting experience. And then landing it, there's wheel landings and there's, and there's just a normal landing with, with, uh, with all three points on the ground at the same time. So that's also a fun one to do. Uh, I really love tailwheel. I encourage everybody to do it. It will make you a way better pilot. I think that, um, certain ratings and, and a tailwheel endorsement will make you one of the best pilots. It just increases your stick and rudder skills to the max. So. Um, number 13 on 15 things to do as a private pilot is get your multi-engine rating. Uh, if you get your multi-engine rating, you're also going to learn how to use the rudder a little bit more. It's going to be like going to leg workout for all of your lessons that you're doing single-engine maneuvers. And I know you don't have your multi, Carson, uh, but when are you going to get it?
1: I think it's going to be the, the thing right after my instrument rating. Uh, I'm going to work on my commercial and then commercial multi right away. And I, I know I have... I want to say 12 hours in the Duchess now. Um, I think I got lucky enough to score an hour in the Beechcraft Baron as well. And I know that my girlfriend, uh, Maddie, doesn't love this at all. But a lot of the training that you're doing a multi is actually single engine training. Uh, a lot of it's finding out what to do when something goes wrong. And I think with that emphasis on it, it makes you a better pilot overall. And just getting that emergency preparedness is is a lot of what that that rating is about. But getting to fly in the multi itself, just having that, having both engines going right next to you, it's it's a little bit more of a thrill going from a single engine airplane. You start going faster and things start happening faster as well. So overall, the more you keep advancing yourself with your ratings does make you a better pilot. Getting these extra endorsements and extra ratings like your multi, it just makes you more skilled in all these different areas uh, overall.
0: I, I have to totally agree. Um, multi-engine training is kind of a passion of mine. Uh, I love teaching multi-engine students. Um, ever since getting my MEI a few years ago, I I cherish multi-engine flying. It's it's probably my my most happy place besides maybe seaplane flying and and some tailwheel. Uh, but turning off an engine for the first time on a student is a thrill. Um, having students do the very wrong thing after you've talk to them in the classroom and in the air Um, and them trying to flip you upside down is also a thrill. Um, So you have to have really good communicative skills uh, in the cockpit, which I try to think I do um, most of the time. So I think that's a, it's a lot of fun to fly multi plus as long as you're a proficient multi-pilot, you have that second engine to get you back to where you need to land. Um, It will get you back home or at least it'll get you to a safe place usually. So I like having that second engine, especially if I'm doing cross-country flights or if I'm doing a night flight or something where if I lost one engine on a single-engine airplane, um, things could could go a little bit more more awry. So I really enjoy that. All right. So number 14 on 15 things to do as a private pilot is one of my favorite things to do flying ever. And that is landing on some water. Seaplane rating or single-engine or multi-engine seaplane rating is an amazing thing to do Um, after you get your private pilot. It'll make you a better pilot. Uh, The first time that you go land on water will scare you because you're thinking airplanes don't go on water. They go on land. Only emergencies happen when you go on water and I'm not ditching this airplane. At least that's what I thought when I was landing in Lake Havasu uh, the first time. And once we stopped on the water, I felt like a boat and that was also an exhilarating experience. So getting your seaplane rating is phenomenal. And, of course, flying the Icon A5 and getting your seaplane rating or something like that, that's even better. Unfortunately, I got mine in a 172 on Amphibs. Um, but uh, but I love the Icon A5, as we all know. And I like going Long Beach Harbor and, and Lake Havasu and Lake Mead and different places to fly that seaplane. So, Carson, do you have any inclination to go get your seaplane rating? Because I know you don't have it yet.
1: No, but I think you can remember how many times I begged you to fly the Icon together. So... I think if that if I enjoy that flight, then I'm going to get my seaplane right away. I will uh...
0: i don't doubt that you're going to enjoy that flight. I guarantee it.
1: <laughs> yeah. How much you talked about the Icon, I have a great thing or a, a good idea. It's going to be a great experience.
0: Yeah, 100%. Plus, you can just go watch all the videos that Icons put out and uh, they'll blow your mind. On top of that, multi-engine seaplane rating is also a lot of fun. I did mine in an air cam on amphibs. And then I took my, uh, my check ride at Jack Brown's, uh, in Florida. And I did it at Sebring at Seabring airport. Uh, and I had a blast doing that. I mean, multi engine seaplane flying is just amazing. I got to fly right next to some bald eagles in an open cockpit. That was probably an experience that what, wh- what other industry can you be in and go fly next to bald eagles in an open cockpit? It was just way cool. So uh that's one of my favorite memories I've ever had on getting a new rating, right? So last but not least on fifteen things to do as a private pilot is to get your instrument rating. Now, Carson, I know you've been talking about getting your instrument rating a few times on this podcast today. Which why do you want to get your instrument rating?
1: Really want to get my instrument rating, so I'm not limited by all the uh additional weather that we end up having typically in Southern California. Usually when we have clouds, it's going to be just an overcast day and took uh, t- completely clear on top. And I think that one of the things I really want to do is not have that limitation of, of those clouds and just being able to pop through and and continue where we're going. Um, and just being able to, to feel like a, a safer, better pilot, having that really great understanding of all my instruments, how to use them, and then also what to do if I get stuck in some clouds. Uh, for me, it's always been turn around and, and get out of there as a VFR private pilot, but having the instrument rating, that additional layer of security and training, I feel like it'll just make me safer to take up the people I want to take up too.
0: Absolutely. I think an instrument rating is probably uh, the most important rating anybody can get. As much as I love all the other things that make you uh, uh, make you have fun, an instrument rating will make you a safer, better, more technical And more perfect pilot you're going to fly your headings your your altitudes your air speeds everything um, to a higher standard and if you do need to go fly ifr you will be able to fly ifr and fly through the clouds which is just an exhilarating experience so i highly recommend getting your instrument rating it is it is probably not the most fun thing to do in the beginning being under the hood for 40 or 50 hours but it is the most rewarding after it's finished and then flying an actual ifr is just a blast. So that concludes our 15 things to do as a private pilot. But if any of you want to continue on and get instrument rating, commercial rating, or something further, CFI, double I, MEI, whatever that may be, and continue your flight training, make sure you go check out your local flight schools or check out the flight schools that have partnerships with Stratus Financial. Uh, And you could, you could possibly get a loan for a, for a, for all of your ratings if you need them. And I know they work in several states and it'd be a fantastic way for you to go ahead and get all your ratings. So if you have any questions about how how to get a loan for, for flight training, you can always go to www.stratus.finance and you can fill out their loan application there and it doesn't even hurt your credit. So it's just going to do a soft credit pull. And if you're approved and you decide you want to move all the way forward through it, then they'll do a hard pull at that time. So, um, it's really, really cool to, uh, to become a pilot and to continue this journey. So I hope these 15 things that we listed today, I hope that you go knock some of them out. Um, go do an angel flight, go, go get your complex rating, go get an instrument rating. Of course, go fly seaplanes and go and go fly an icon a five. Um, go do these really cool things that are fun and entertaining and really keep you on the edge of your seat, learning and flying. So I, I really hope all of you do that.
1: Thank you so much for listening today, everybody. Uh, I know that a lot of these things have really motivated me to continue in aviation and put me in the place I am now and give me all these additional dreams and goals that I just can't wait to achieve and looking forward to. So I really hope that you have some motivation as well for your journey after private pilot.
0: So if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, you can reach us at Twitter, Instagram at MrMartiniGuy for me or at Carson underscore AV17 for Carson.
1: As a wrap-up for the day, just remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride.
0: Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good one. See ya.